Happy New Year. I'm Nathan, the online pastor at Parkview, and thanks for choosing to spend time with us today. On New Year's Eve, my kids and I wrote down everything that was annoying about 2020 and threw it into our fire pit. And I'm not sure if it was the right thing to do, but man, did it feel good because more than any other year, this feels like a fresh start. At the end of our time together today, I'll be sharing two important opportunities that I believe will help you with your fresh start. But real quick, before we get rolling, if you're someone who normally attends one of our physical locations in Chicagoland, we are coming back next weekend, January 9th and 10th, with in-person services. Every campus will have new service times, so make sure you check out parkviewchurch.com locations to find the changes to your campus. That way, you're not by yourself when you show up for church, okay? We know that God has great things in store for us this year, and we are excited about making more room to share the hope of Jesus with as many people as we can. Enjoy the service. Happy New Year, everybody. Usually doesn't mean the same thing as it feels like it means this year, does it? You know, I know no one writes checks anymore, but remember back in the day when in January you would be writing checks and you'd forget and write the old year on your checks? No one will ever do that for 2020. Ding dong, the witch is dead. The wicked witch is dead. Yes, I, I need new contacts. I seriously do. And I'm going to tell the optometrist, don't worry about 2020 vision, man. 2021, 2022, whatever it takes, good enough. Okay, let's move on. But move on to what? I mean, we have such a rare opportunity this year to do something really different. Okay. I mean, we, we make resolutions, they're always made, but quickly we get sucked back into the normal in a matter of weeks, right? Let's just admit it. And our great plans of losing weight or reading the Bible more or getting more sleep, whatever it is, it just gets sucked back into the normal life that we had before the holidays. But this year, there is no normal. There may be a sense of normal happening in a few months, but even then, we will have the ability to decide to do some things differently if we want to. I mean, we may have to start wearing real pants again, you know? I mean, think about that, because that's what's going to happen. I, I, I think, you know, we'll occasionally have to go back into the office or back into the school, but I don't think there will ever be a normal like the one that we left on Friday the 13th in March of 2020. So what are we going to do with this opportunity? The Apostle Paul prays a prayer for one of the churches he planted. We read it in the book of Philippians in the New Testament, and this is what he says. I pray that you may be able to discern what is best. Okay? One of God's wishes for you is that you would be able to discern, be able to examine, be able to identify exactly not what is good, but what is the best for your life. Because you know this to be true. If you don't discern what is best for your life, somebody else will. Can I say that again? If you don't discern what's best for your life, somebody else will. 
If you don't discern what's best for your family, somebody else will. If you don't discern, like examine, identify, decide the best way of life, somebody else will. I have talked to so many people who have said that this pandemic has shown them how much of their life was dominated by things that they now realize don't really matter. One of my good friends is a major football college fan, like season ticket holder, multi-generations went to that college, they tailgate every home game, and he said, you know what, maybe we won't tailgate every game now. We might not even go to every home game. And I, I mean, it's just like blowing my mind, but, but we've had this opportunity to kind of re-examine our priorities. Parents, you know this. You have athletic kids, right? And you realize how much of their life was dominated by sports and how much closer the family is now, and you're probably not going back. This is our opportunity really to make some major changes as we go back to whatever real life looks like, okay? So Paul says, God's wish for you, my prayer for you, is that you would be able to find not just the good, but God's best. So over the next few weeks, we're doing this series called Wish You Were Here, okay? I mean, wish you were here is like, you know, the postcard, I wish you were here, I wish you could see this. God is, just imagine, in heaven, right? He, he's, he's, he's looking down at us and he knows what is the best thing for us. And he says, I wish you were here. We're going to talk for the next few weeks about how the end of 21 could be so much better than the beginning of 21 if we understand the best, God's best for us. And I feel like Paul is saying that far too often we let the good get in the way of the best, you know? I mean, let's face it, most of the decisions you and I make are not like radical moral decisions, like this is really right and this is really wrong. Most of the decisions that we make are, well, this is good, it's okay at least, but this would be better. This has some value, but this has greater value. So I just want to show you some very practical steps to making this happen so that we can end 21 in a better place than we started. And if that's going to happen, we've got to wreck the roof, okay? I'm in Luke chapter 5, really fun story about some guys bringing their friend to Jesus. Luke 5, some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house and lay him before Jesus. But when they could not find a way to do it because of a crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, friend, your sins are forgiven. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. And everyone was amazed and gave praise to God, and they were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. Wouldn't you like to see that? All right, these guys are trying to get their friend to Jesus so he could be healed. But he ran into a problem in verse 19 when it said they could not get in because of the crowd. So here's a couple of things for you as you start your new year. First thing I think if you want to find God's best is you need to find some roof-wrecking friends. Find some roof-wrecking friends. 
It is so crazy, you guys. I mean, when I think about this last year, I mean, I've got these three pastors who are my accountability partners. And I mean, we literally text every day and we're in each other's life deeper than anybody else. And we usually hang out twice a year for a couple of days just to make sure that we're close and everybody's okay. And we were gonna borrow a friend's place in Florida to go to last April. We had it all set up and then this happened and I was just texting them again saying, hey, can we use it this April? Because we're hoping that maybe by this April we could be back together again. So in other words, it's a whole year that we've lost. And it's been text and Zoom and all those kinds of things, but we've lost a whole year of being together. And most of you are in the same boat. Maybe you didn't have a real network of support outside your family. But it's time that we did something about our loss of community. We have to. And if you don't have roof-wrecking friends around you, you need to get some. So I want to encourage you, Rooted is starting on January 11th. We can, you can do it online or in-person groups, and you've still got time to go to parkviewchurch.com slash rooted to register for it, okay? Parkviewchurch.com slash rooted and register for it and get in a group or get some of your own people together and do Rooted if you haven't done it or, or get them together and do something. I can't tell you how much my wife's loss of her father, her small group has done so much to, to just save our holidays. Do you have roof-wrecking friends? When Jesus saw their faith, it said, he said to the man, your friends, friend, your sins are forgiven, okay? Listen, the friend's faith is what was important during this moment. You see what I'm saying? So you need to make sure you've got some friends whose faith is able to help you along the way. Don't wait for the vaccine and life to be normal, to find some friends who will wreck the roof to get you to Jesus. Two, do something drastic. These guys literally did. They literally wrecked the roof. The Bible said, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. And you read that and you're like, oh, that must have been something normal. No, 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 that's not normal. They had to move panels off the roof. They were kind of put together in little panels. They had to move stuff out of the way. If you, what I'm saying is if you really want to make some big changes in your life, you can't just do a couple of little things and expect your life to change. It doesn't work that way. You've got to do something drastic. You need to wreck the roof. Example. You really want to change your eating habits, which most of us do after this year of takeout. You can try to change a few things here and there and tweak them. But honestly, the best thing that most of us could do would be to try some kind of a drastic cleansing fast. You know, find some programs so you're not jacking up the nutrition intake. Not that Oreos had any nutrition in the first place, but you know what I mean. And commit to doing something drastic. Uh, finances. This is why Dave Ramsey suggests that the first thing you need to do if you're going to get serious about consumer debt is what? Cut up your credit cards, man. Well, yeah, but how will I pay for stuff? Hey, if you didn't know this, most stores still take cash or a debit card that takes the money straight out of your account instead of fronting it for you for a month and then charging you interest if you don't pay it off at the end. I mean, hey, here's an idea. Go back to writing checks and get the satisfaction of writing 21 every time you do it. You guys, it's 2021. Can you believe it? Wish you were here. Discern what is best. How are you going to get there? May take something drastic. Do you see what I'm saying? These guys realized 
what was best. They realized what was important. What was important was healing for their friend. They didn't know if they'd get another chance to see Jesus. And if you really want to choose what's best, you may have to wreck the roof. Because roofs are not important. Friends are important. And I'm sure that one of the guys in this group was saying, guys, how are we going to pay for the repairs on this roof? Because there's always one of those guys around, right? I surround myself with them because I am a natural roof wrecker. But thankfully, someone convinced the other friends, hey, this time there is something more important than a roof. And I think so many of us get stuck because we worry about all this stuff that's just not important. It's just not going to last. We focus on all these things that really don't matter. And I'll, I'll give you a little trick, okay, to figure out what's most important in your life, how you focus on the most important thing, and this is it. The really important things in your life are usually not the things that have a deadline, right? They aren't the things that you'll be rewarded for immediately if you do them. They are things like taking time to tuck your kids into bed at night, taking time to really listen to them when they talk, spending time having coffee, taking a walk with your spouse, not to figure out, you know, your calendars or, or when your home repairs are going to happen or whatever, just to connect, tell each other how much you mean to one another. There's, there's no deadline on that, but that's what's really important. Th- these are the things that don't have a deadline for a reason, and, and we rarely get them done because there are so many other pressing things that do have deadlines. So maybe you need to kill a bunch of those things. You realize what's important. You may need to do something drastic and wreck the roof. Third thing, expect the unexpected, okay? The Bible said when they could not find a way to do it because of the crowd, they changed their plan. They went up on the roof. (laughs) It's called the pivot. Have we learned this lesson in 2020? I think it was John Lennon that said, life is what's happening while we're busy making other plans, right? He also said he got Joe Joe eyeballs, he got toe jam football, but evidently one time he was not high and he said this really good phrase, life is what's happening right now when we are busy making other plans. I don't know what my next day is going to be and neither do you. You plan, you come up with a plan, but I don't know if you figured it out, things don't always go the way we planned. Life interrupts you. There will be things that will come into your life that are crazy and hectic, and there are no guarantees that things are going to work out like you think they're going to. We will be in St. Louis as you're watching this this weekend, doing a small family-only celebration for my father-in-law who passed away last week. He was diagnosed with cancer and died in 10 days. Does that change your perspective? I mean, yeah, he was 87, but 10 days from, you know, something doesn't seem right to call the family in. The Bible tells us, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You've made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. That's why we should always be trying to discern what's best, even if it means a drastic change in plans. These guys brought their friends to Jesus. They had a plan. They knew where Jesus would be. 
but so did everybody else. So when they got there, they realized things weren't going to go as they planned. There was a packed house. They realized there was no way they could really get to the front door and get their friends to see Jesus. They could have said, oh, well, buddy, we tried. It's just not our day. Sorry, we tried to get you to Jesus, but it's just not going to work out. But they didn't. They didn't quit. They just changed plans. And when they did, this is really interesting. Jesus didn't do what they thought he was going to do. Did you notice this? The first thing Jesus said to them was, friend, your, your sins are forgiven. Now, if you're the friends who, who've brought this guy, you know, and you've, you've crawled up on the roof and you've wrecked the roof to lower your, 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 your buddy down in, hey, let me ask you this. Were you doing that so that his sins could be forgiven? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, they brought him here because Jesus is healing people. That's the whole point. But that isn't how we think sometimes. Spiritual is more important, but we don't think that way. We think about the, the physical things, the things on earth. And what did they do? Well, they, we don't know. They didn't do anything. But what I'm saying is we have to come to the place when we make our plans that we're ready to pivot so that we can accomplish the best, even if it means a change of plans. And, okay, and... If Jesus doesn't come through the way that we thought he was going to, we are ready to accept his unexpected plan as well. But we have discerned what's best. We decide what's important, what's the priority. We believe that God knows what's best, and if he interrupts our plans, we are okay with that. Now, of course, the story turns out well, right? Everyone else is mumbling under their breath, dude, Jesus, this guy can't walk, you should heal him. So, so Jesus said, all right, I got it. But that you may know the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them and took what he had been lying on and went home praising God, okay? One more thing that might be helpful for your new year is to keep a constant reminder, okay? Jesus said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Now, this is interesting to me because Jesus could have said, get up, take your mat, and throw it in the trash because you're never gonna need that again. But he didn't do that. Of course, he never needed his mat again to be carried on, at least. But Jesus said, take your mat home with you. And I don't know this, but I think Jesus was saying, let it be a reminder to you of the day that your friends did something drastic and got you to me. Let it be a reminder to you every day to see what I've done in your life. I would guess he rolled it up and put it in a corner of his living room. And every day he would walk by it and smile and say, I will never need that again. Thank you, Jesus. It was just a little reminder of the day that he and his friends overcame the crowd and got to Christ. I have a bunch of them, but here's one for me, okay? Um, yeah, it's a stick. I leave on the mantle in my little uh, patio area where I do my, my, my preaching preparation and sermon prep and my little office kind of area so that I always look at it. Every day when I'm out there, I, I, I see this stick up on the mantle. It's really important to me because there was a time in 2003 when I really hit a burnout stage. Um, I'd been finishing up a doctoral dissertation and I was 
the church had just moved into this new building and we doubled in size and my kids were at a busy time in life. And all of a sudden I just got to this point where I was just dry, really dry. So I went and got some help. I went on a little retreat with some pastor friends, um, one of whom is now one of those guys that stays with me forever. Went to a retreat center in Colorado and I had, I mean, like a, a word from God, like I was at this place where I could see a, a, a big tree up on the side of a hill and a little tree down in the valley of this little hill. And the little tree was nice and green and the big tree was kind of dying. And this was August and it didn't, didn't look like it was doing very good. And, and it was bigger, but it wasn't doing good. And, and I felt like God just pointed out the scene to me and said, Hey, Tim, which, which one of those trees do you think you are? Are you the, the tree that's smaller, that's in the, in the valley, that's soaking up the nutrients in the rain, but maybe not growing, maybe not as crazy as that tree over there? Or are you the one over here that's gotten past its root system? And it was pretty obvious to me. So I keep this around to remember never to let myself get in that place again. And maybe there's something for you, or maybe it's even the candle that we gave you on, on, on Christmas Eve. Maybe it's something else that you carry with you. Maybe it's a sobriety coin, right? They do that. Whatever it is, a reminder that you look at every day of this is what is best, and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to mess this up because this is what's important. And I love this, the end of it. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. I wish you were here. I mean, where do you think you'd like to be? It's a unique opportunity this year. So make sure you've got some good friends around you, right, that can help you. You may need to do something drastic. Be ready to change plans if you need to. And find a way to remember what is really important. Find a way, like a, 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 something that you can hang on to, to remember what's going on. So that you can discern what is best and stay focused on what is best for 2021. John Ortberg told a story from the old days that really helps me as I head into the new year, and maybe it'll help you as we think about where we are right now. This, this guy named Charlie was working as a railroad crossing guard back in the day when they didn't have automatic rails, you know, and it was a busy road. And, and so his job was at night, he would be stationed there with a lantern to alert any cars if a train was coming. And one night he fell asleep on the job, only to awaken to the sound of an oncoming train. And up the road was also coming an entire family, a car with an entire family as his passengers. And Charlie saw what was happening and he grabbed his lantern and he began waving it and they didn't see it and they drove right into the path of the train and they all died. Weeks later, there was an investigation and even a court hearing where Charlie was questioned and acquitted. But following the trial, Charlie seemed very despondent and, and, and depressed. And one of his friends tried to encourage him to get on with his life like anybody ever could. But, but he's like, something's wrong, Charlie. You were cleared. You, you know you told the truth. So, so what's troubling you? And Charlie said, you're right. I answered every one of those questions truthfully. I did grab my lantern. I did take it to the road and wave it to warn them. But there was one question they never asked they never asked me if the light was on. 
And I think as I'm, as I'm looking to 2021, that is my question. Is the light on? I mean, am I where I'm supposed to be doing what God wants me to be? Is God's best being discerned by me as I start this new year? And maybe it's on, but it's faded. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a crazy time. How do we get the light back on, get back to where we're supposed to be, and maybe take it even further in 2021? What if we could look back and, and understand that we really saw God's best and headed towards it this year. Pray with me. Got to pray for all of us as we start this year. I remember what last year was like. We were all just excited about what was getting ready to happen and what things we thought were going to happen. And we were going to launch a campus as a church. And we were praying the prayer of Jabez together as a church and asking you to bless us indeed. And um, man, it's been a weird one, and our plans changed a lot, and I don't blame you. We don't blame you because of a pandemic, but we are happy that you saw us through to this point, and at the same time, we're asking for it to be over, and we're asking for us to get some kind of life back, but Lord, I want it to be a better one than we left in January of 2020, so be with us as we discern what is best going forward. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. It's so good to be together like this. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I have two really quick things I want to share with you that will help kickstart your 2021. The first is an opportunity to work on your relationship with Jesus and to connect with other people. Like Chad mentioned last week and like Pastor Tim just talked about, it's time for all of us to fight back against isolation and against the spiritual status quo. And the way you can do that is by participating in Rooted. Rooted is a 10-week deal happening online and at each of our physical locations that will do three things for you. One, it will help you discover your purpose. Two, it will help you find a group of people that encourages you to grow in your faith. And three, Rooted will help you take some big steps toward God. If you want more information or you're ready to register, go to parkvchurch.com rooted. And the second opportunity for a fresh start is to serve, to start living beyond yourself by volunteering your time. And as we dream about people we're going to reach over the coming year and the need we have for volunteers who can help us accomplish that mission, I'm tempted to just tell you, hey, we need you. Please sign up. Thanks. Now, don't get me wrong. We do need you. But the thing I want you to hear today is that you need it. When you serve others, God not only pulls you out of isolation mode, but grows you into someone who looks more like Jesus. And we have serving opportunities both online and at our physical campuses. So if you're ready to join the team, head over to parkvchurch.com serve to get signed up. More than anything, we want to help you become the person God wants you to be. That's why I'm sharing all of this with you. And ultimately, it's why we are gathering together like this today. So thanks again for joining us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Have a great day.